Likutei Sicha is Chelek Tezvah, Volume 15, the third Sicha for Parshas Vayechi. This is a Rashi Sicha, and in this Sicha is going to teach us a tremendous lesson about the greatness, the advantage of doing for others over one's self-fulfillment. Although self-fulfillment is a great thing, but doing for others trumps that by many times over. As an introduction, I would suggest that we familiarize ourselves with several psukim, several verses which are put into this sicha. Number one, chapter 48, verse 22. Memches, Pasich Havbeis. Over there, Yaakov speaks to Yosef and he says, That I'm giving you one portion over your brothers. And Rashi explains that what does this Shechem mean? Shechem means either literally the city of Shechem, from which Yosef was sold, or Shechem could mean a portion, a chilek. What is that extra portion that uh, his children took double in the uh, in terms of the shvatim of the tribes? There were two. They were counted as two tribes. Now let's go to chapter forty-nine, verse three, Memtes Pasigimel. Over there, Yaakov speaking to his sons, and he begins by saying to Reuven, Reuven Bechoriata, you are my Bechor, you are my firstborn. Koichi Bereishis Oini, you are the first of my strength. And then he says to him, that you were greater in raising and you were greater in might. However, in the next verse, verse 4, he says, because of the haste, which was like water, the haste of water, you do not take more, you're not going to take more, because you have mounted, literally mounted, or you have um, tampered with your father's bed. So basically he was telling him he's not going to receive some of the uh, things that were originally coming to him as the firstborn. Now let's look in in verse 8, in Pasik Ches of the same Perik, Perik Memtes, chapter 49. Over there he turns to Yehuda and he says, Yehuda, ato yeducha achecha. Yehuda, your brother shall acknowledge you, that the children of your father, meaning all the tribes will bow to you, and this is implying that he's going to be the king, and then he continues in the next verse, he says, Gur Ari Yehuda, that Yehuda will be like a lion cub, mean, referring to the early days of uh, David, of, of David HaMelech, of King David's kingship, and then he says the reason for it, he concludes, Miteref Bini Alisa, from the prey my son, you have ascended, as we're going to see in Rashi in detail, in this Sicha, what this all means. So let's go into the Sicha. So again, verse Gimel and Dalad, 3 and 4 of chapter 49. So Rashi over there, in the heading, Yeser Se'es, which means greater in raising, he says, That really you were fitting to be more, to, to be greater than your brothers in Kahuna, in priesthood. And Rashi says, what is the association to the word se'es? Because se'es, he says, is loshoi nesias kapayim. When in reference to the priestly blessing, it's always referred to as nesias kapayim, the raising of the hand. Thus se'es, nesias, has a connection in the etymology, and therefore this is a reference to that. And then Rashi continues, yes or us, what does it mean greater in might? So Rashi says, this is a reference to the malchus, to the kingship that he's losing. And he brings a proof to, to the fact that us, might, is associated with kingship, with the monarchy, because he says, he brings a verse from Shmuel where it says, Kimoi, 
and he shall give, meaning Hashem shall give oiz, might, strength to his king. That's in verse 3. In verse 4, he says, Rashi brings in the Divir Hamaskel, in the heading, Pachas kamayim al haste like water, therefore do not take more. And Rashi explains, Hapachas laharis, kascha, this, this haste and this confusion, that you hurry to exhibit your anger, like these waters that they hurry their flow, therefore, you are not going to get more. Meaning, that therefore you're not going to take the, these things on a grand scale, these things that were really uh, coming your way, that were fit for you, and you lose them all out. So basically what Ashi is saying is that he lost these two things. Yaakov is directly addressing these two particular things that he lost, namely the kahuna, the priesthood, and the malchus, and the kingship. Now, if you look in the Targum, you look in the Unculus, or in the Medrash, they actually refer to three things that he lost, they included in this verse. And that is, of course, the Bechayra, the Bechayra meaning the firstborn right, which we already mentioned in the introduction, where that special privilege of having two tribes out of one, that went, that was diverted to Yosef. And then, of course, these two, Kahuna and Malchus, the priesthood and the kingship. But Rashi seems to focus over here and emphasize that it's only these two things that are being addressed in this particular verse. Now, of course, Rashi does not argue with the fact that Ruvain also lost the firstborn right, at least to some degree, because that's a fact. That's not something you can argue with. Okay, because we, we brought the, like you said in the verse, that we brought in the introduction where Yaakov clearly says to Yosef, that I'm giving you a portion, one over your brothers, meaning I took it away from Reuben, I gave it to you. So the real question is, we need to understand, what is really the difference in category between firstborn right and these two things, that these two things are being addressed here according to Rashi and Pshuti Shemikra, whereas the firstborn right, true that it was lost to um, to Reuven, but it's not being addressed in this particular context, in this particular verse. So to understand this, says the Rebbe, we'll take a look at Yehuda in verse 9 in this very same chapter, and over there we'll take, we'll take a closer look and analyze the words that Yaakov says to Yehuda in explaining to him why he is receiving this gift of kingship. Yehuda became the king, and over there Yaakov explains, he stipulates why Yehuda received it. What does he say to him? He says like this, that Gur Arya Yehuda Meterev Bini Elisa, that you are like a lion cub Yehuda, which refers to the early days of David, and then he explains why. He stipulates, Meterev from the prey, Bini Elisa, my son, you have ascended. Now the truth is there's many ways to divide this. You can say Meterev Bini from the prey of my, of my son, Elisa, you ascended, you remove yourself. Or we can read it, Miteref, from the prey, Bini Elisa, my son, you have risen. Well, we'll see in Rashi how he addresses it. So Rashi brings all three words, I'm sorry, he divides these three words in two separate Rashis, in two separate headings. On the word Miteref, which literally means from the prey, he says, this means, Mimashe Yosef. 
What did, in the fact in that that I suspected you, in the quote Teref Torah Torah Yosef that Yosef has been torn as prey has been taken as prey, and I suspected you that you were the one who killed him. The next Rashi, the next heading, as a separate heading, Bini Alisa. So you, my son, have risen, have ascended. Rashi says, number one, what does this mean? So you're the one who removed yourself from it, from being directly involved, and hurting Yosef. And you express the words, so what worth is it? What value is there in us killing him? Let's just sell him. So I know you saved his life. And then Rashi continues, number two, also this is a reference that you have risen yourself, you have ascended from allowing Tamar to be killed by you admitting and, you, and, 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 and your guilt and saying, Tzad many, she is more righteous than me or she is righteous me many, this is all for me. So the bottom line in these two Rashis is that Yaakov was praising Yehuda for two things, for saving Yosef's life, for saving Tamar's life. But the thing is, if you if you think about it, why is it that we have to throw in Tamar to the mix? In other words, why does Rashi have to also include this virtue that Yehuda saved Tamar's life into this mix here as being the reason why Yaakov is allotting him, Yaakov is gifting him this special gift of being the king? What, why, why isn't it sufficient to just say, Miteref b'ni Elisa, that you have risen from the teref, from the prey of my son, my son Yosef, and that's it. Why does it have to also be tar, uh, 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 involving Tamar? To understand this, we'll take a closer look to better understand why is it that Yaakov gave the kingship to Yehuda specifically and not to Reuven. In other words, why did he take it away from Reuven and give it to Yehuda? Why is Yehuda more deserving than Reuven? And if you think about it, we can ask the following questions. First of all, what really makes it so great of what Yehuda did? In other words, what really is the great virtue of the fact that Yehuda, quote-unquote, saved Yosef? The fact is, Reuven is the one who saved his life. When they wanted to kill him, Reuven was the one who initiated and said, we're not going to kill him, we're not going to take his life. That's number one. So Reuven should get credit. Why is Yehuda getting credit? Reuven should get credit. Number two, <clears throat> the fact that you say, oh wow, Yehuda is so righteous, he's so virtuous, that he saved um, uh, Tamar's life, he did shuva, and he admitted his guilt, and thus saving Tamar's life. Well, if you think about it, Reuven did a lot of tshuva. He did more tshuva than Yehuda. And in fact, he did so much tshuva that he, he, he was greater than, than Yehuda in his tshuva. Why? And, and not only in his tshuva, but also the way that he saved Yosef. Because you think about it, the, the fact that when he saved Yosef, what was his intention? What was his intention for saving Yosef? What did he say? And the Pasuk tells us that Reuven's intent was to, quote, return him to his father. In other words, he wanted to return him. What was Yehuda's intent in saving Yosef? What did he say? He said, nah, let's not kill him, let's sell him. In other words, the fact is, that he didn't totally save him. And the fact is that he caused Yosef so much pain. It's Yehuda directly who caused him all that pain. And if you think about it, and as we know evidently from the fact that the brothers were later very upset at him and he had to actually leave the family fold because they blamed him and they said, if you would have told us to save him and not sell him, we would have listened to you. You were in charge. 
That's number one. Number two, even the verse itself, the Pasuk itself seems to imply that the only reason Yehuda saved him was to make a couple of bucks. He said, hey, what value is there in just killing him? Let's sell him and we'll, at least we'll make some money out of this. However, Reuven did it clearly and absolutely in order to save Yosef. That's, not, that's as far as the sale of Yosef. As far as the tshuva of Yehuda versus the tshuva of Reuven, think about it. Yehuda's tshuva was only a, 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 a one-time thing. It was a one-time occurrence. He had to do one-time admission, and with that he saved his life. Yes, he did a tshuva, but it was a momentary thing. Whereas Reuven did a more intense tshuva. Reuven did so much tshuva, it lasted for years and years and years. In fact, we know that the reason why Reuven left the scene, of, and he wasn't present at the sale of Yosef, like Rashi tells us, is because Reuven was engaged in, in his quote, in his fast, and is wearing a sackcloth, in doing tshuva. This is nine years later. This is nine years after the initial passing of Rachel, when this whole uh, incident occurred, of him being mevalvel yitzui aviv, of him, so to speak, ascending to the bed of his father. In other words... He did a more intense shuvah. So if anything, he should be the one that should be applauded over Yehuda. Why is Yaakov giving the credit to, to Yehuda? Moreover, if you look into what Reuven did, what Reuven did wasn't out of malice. Reuven did it, first of all, number one, for the great mitzvah of Kibbut Aim. He was honoring his mother, at least the way in his estimation he was honoring, he was giving honor to his mother. And number two, even over there, when he did quote-unquote sin, Rashi himself tells us that it wasn't really a sin, it wasn't really a full-fledged sin. So why is Yehuda being applauded? Why is Yehuda being lauded when Reuven should? The answer is, the answer to all of this lies in the choice of Yaakov's words. If you see the words that Yaakov used in telling Reuven why he's losing all these things, why he's losing the Kahuna and the Malchus, he tells him the reason is Pachaz Kamayim Altoisar. The haste looks like water, which is like the haste of the flow of water. That's why Altoisar, you're not going to get all these more things. You're not going to get all these things. And Rashi explains what does it mean because of the haste, because of the confusion, therefore you're not going to get more. In other words, it's not the sin itself, it's not the action itself, but it's the manner, it's the characteristic in which he did the action. That is the imp what impacts the outcome of him losing all these things. In other words, the fact that he exhibited anger the fact that he exhibited this anger, this haste to anger to another, that is why he's losing these things. And the answer is as follows. And, and the explanation is as follows. Let's, let's now see the correlation and the connection to what he lost and why Rashi emphasizes over here just these two things. You see, the two things that he lost here, according to what Rashi is explaining in this context of this verse, is Kahuna and Malchus, the uh, priesthood and the kingship. What is priesthood? That is something that is something that pertains to others. You give blessings to others. And as we know, the task of a Kohen, as Moshe Rabbeinu says in the end of the Chumash, that they're the ones who have to teach the people. In other words, it's something which you engage with others, you're giving to others. 
And then, of course, kingship. We are a king over others. As the Torah itself says, what is the purpose of a king? One who goes out before them, one who cares for them. Versus Bechayra, firstborn right. That's something which concerns the Bechayr himself. That's something that concerns the person himself. What he gets, what he gains from being a Bechayr. And therefore, this is what he's saying to him. The fact that you hasten to show your anger that you showed your anger immediately and that affected another person, that indicates, that shows that you're missing, you're lacking this approach for the other person, for someone outside of yourself. And therefore you lose these two things, these two things that are concerning others, namely priesthood and kingship. However, the fact that he lost the Bechayra, the fact that he lost the firstborn right, that is true. That is a fact. Like we said in the beginning, Rashi can't argue with that. He doesn't argue with that. But that's not what he's talking about here. That is something personal. Because of your personal sin, something which in the beginning you estimated to be the correct thing, and you did it actually with good intent, which later turned out to be a sin, it turned out to be a negative thing, that is a personal thing. And you did a personal chua for it. And that is a personal loss that you lost, but that's not being addressed over here in the words of Yaakov Avinu. And now we can understand and appreciate better the contrast between Yehuda and Reuben. Yehuda, who did receive the kingship, what, what is it that he did? What he did actually saved the life of Yosef, actually saved another person. In other words, if, you, if Yosef would have remained there in that pit, which was full of snakes and scorpions, Yosef would have died. He would have died of hunger. He would have died from, uh, from poisonous venom. So Yehuda, by Yehuda taking him out, truly got him sold as a slave. But he saved his life. He did something beneficial for him. Likewise with Tamar. What he did saved her life, saved someone else's life. In contrast, however, Reuven, the fact that he did Shuva didn't help anyone. It was just beneficial for himself. Moreover, the fact that he did tshuva caused him to leave the scene of the crime where Yosef was sold. And because of that, Yosef was sold. Something bad happened. Had he been there, Yosef wouldn't have been sold. And the fact that he said, oh, let's not kill him and throw him into the pit. Well, which pit did they throw him into? They threw him into a pit which is full of snake and scorpions, as the Torah tells us. And that pit is a place where potentially, had he stayed there longer, he would have died from thirst or from hunger. So the fact is that because of him, in a sense, Yosef was sold as a slave. Nothing good came out of his personal tshuva, his personal thing. It didn't help another person. And therefore, Yehuda is the one. Because of Yehuda's actions, number one, saved Yosef. Number two, saved Tamar. He is the one who received the kingship. And in some, in some way also, he had a connection to the priesthood. Now, what is the lesson for all of us? A Jew has to know that he cannot just be occupied in self-fulfillment, in, in, in making himself in self-embetterment. That's very good. But a person needs to be absolutely involved. It's imperative that one is totally dedicated to Abbas Yisrael, to, to help others. Moreover, even if one finds that he himself is not 100% complete, he's not 100% fulfilled, and he didn't reach to a very high level. However, when he helps somebody else, at least he knows one thing. Helping somebody else is obviously Saul. Now he is involved with the entire Torah because this is the whole Torah. And what you see is that through Reuven being focused, by him being focused and concerned with his own self-fulfillment, 
What was the result? Bottom line, it was the result of Golos that Yosef got sold to Mitzrayim and that ended up, that resulted in all the other, uh, the rest of the family coming down there and that began Golos, that said Golos into motion, whereas Yehuda, by him doing something for someone else, by him being concerned about someone else, what came out of it? The birth of Peretz, which is the, the beginning the, the cornerstone of Mashiach and the Geula, the Karav Mamish.